This is The E-Commerce Leader, a show just for you, the owner of a thriving online business. In this bite-sized episode, Jason and Kyle share a practical tip that every e-commerce leader should know. Let's jump in. I got three habits for us to talk about today and uh, love your input and thoughts and ideas on them as well. And uh, the first habit, uh, I know it sounds funny, but I call it the yellow submarine habit. And uh, here's the thing. When you become an e-commerce seller, one of the trade skills that you really have to master and perfect is actually naming your products. And, you know, because if you're just an average reseller, um, then you don't have to actually, you know, you don't have to name products. But when you're actually the one who's creating a private label brand or your own products, you have to develop the trade skill of naming products in a memorable, interesting way. And uh, so I always think of Yellow Submarine because that was a cool Beatles song. And, um, but one of the exercises Cinnamon and I went through in our business uh, when we were working through this was, you know, for her work, she used to just make products and we would put them out. Like we'd come up with a name. We'd call, call uh, the work something. Mm-hmm. And then we really sat down and we thought, how could we organize this naming structure stuff? So for us, she does design work. So we came up with these collections of her products. So we had, we named ours Euro Libby, Tokyo Libby, Outback Libby, um, Malibu Libby, like that. So, you know, in general, we had this framework that we created so that whenever she created something that was like um, Harajuku, you know, you know, like street fashion, like Japanese style. Um, sort of like, if you're not familiar, it's sort of like punk clothing. Uh, Then she could call it Tokyo Libby and then the name of whatever she wanted to call it. And if she created something that was like um, sort of European style design, she'd call it Euro Libby and then the name of the item. And for Outback, it was sort of like country style, you know, like Australian clothing. So that was a framework we developed. And that's just our unique situation. Um, but the naming of products is in, in particularly important. I want you to tell us about your newest journal inspired by the blacklist right. too. Yes. That, this, that came to my mind. But then, um, oh, you m- mentioned that because I think people will really like that as I, as yeah, I walk yeah, over no, here. No problem. As we go to meet the uh, baby alpaca. Uh, so <laughs> for, for our story, we, have, we sell art journals and for artists and, and sketching them. And then one day, uh, I'm just like hanging out, sitting there, and I get this text from Jason. Jason, like, <laughs> and it's like this blurry image, and he's like, is that your logo? And I was like, yeah, where is that? You know, it's like some like random like pictures, kind of blurry. I was like, yeah, where yeah. is that? He's like, dude, it's on television right now. I have my TV pause. I'm watching the Blacklist TV show, and I see yep. your logo. I see your journal. It's right there, and yep. you know, it's like part of this uh it's a plot device it's it's actually being used it's not just sitting and they pick it up they're flipping through it yeah you know, they actually stylized it with like coffee stains and all this other yep. stuff so it was actually a, a pretty uh interesting plot uh component to the yep. storyline and so yeah. inside of it i mean i don't know if, you, if you're not caught up on your blacklist i don't want to be too much of a spoiler <laughs> alert uh, but uh, there uh, there's this postcard in there for a particular hotel and in that hotel was named, and the name, as we kind of looked at it, actually tied into sort of the Greek mythology, and that's where our brand is around with Lita. It's based on the Greek mythology naming. 
And so we were like, well, why don't we just name our next product this particular, because uh, it just kind of was kind of cool how like they're going through the process and it, it's, it's, it's part of the plot and it just, yeah. Anyway, and so like that's cool. So yeah. we're gonna do that. And so it's Oleander. Yeah, that's Oleander. the name. Yeah, the Oleander, yeah. and it'll be yeah. the name of the of the product. And it's yep. based off of what happened and is inspired by the television show, The Blacklist. And so it was a. I really like that a lot because you guys took sort of what was just an uh, honest to goodness sort of a fantastic, neat thing that happened, right. and you used it as the source of a creative product name. And so that's really, really cool. I like that a lot. Because um, these are the things that you need to start to develop the trade skill on when you really start to master e-commerce work is how do you creatively name things, organize the naming structure, have products that make sense together in a rational, logical way. And so this is the trade skill. Um, you know, the person who I think makes um, the most magic happen in this regard that I've ever seen is an online marketer named Frank Kern. Um, he is comically good at making ridiculous names for his various shenanigans and products. And it's so funny. I, somebody told me something like the other day, like, Oh, that's a, have you heard of Frank Kern's double tap technique? <laughs> like double tap technique. No, I've never heard of that. And then he's got one that's like the Monte Carlo, you know, method. And he comes up with these ideas that are just these interesting names. And anyway, you get the idea. Um, to do e-commerce well at the trade skill level, you need to really think through how to make your product stand out. Yep. One of the ways you do that is a very creative naming structure that really appeals to people. It pulls them in. It includes them in the story or in the behind the scenes. I mean, it gives them a reason to like what you're doing. And um, every company will be different. Um, but every e-commerce marketer is thinking along those lines and getting really, really good at that. So that's the first uh, habit we want to talk about today. Um, the second habit I wanted to mention today is what you might just call sales obsession. And by sales, I mean sales tra tracking your sales numbers, having your finger on the pulse of the sales outcome for what's happening in your e-commerce business and in really, really... Um, obsession is the best word for it. Um, I don't know if you, Kyle, do you ever watch that show, A Billion Dollar Buyer, Tillman Fertitta? Uh, I've never seen it. Oh, he, he's the guy who owns a bunch of restaurants, but like Bubba, Bubba Gump Shrimp Restaurant um, and a bunch of others, a Golden Nugget Hotel Chain and Casinos. Mm -hmm. And I like the intro to that show because it's a cool format. If you've never checked out that show, I'd encourage you to check it out. But one of the things I like about his little blurb at the beginning is he says, uh, ask me anything about my business and I'll know it all. And, then, and you know, I love that. I love the mindset of that. Like, you know your business like nobody's business. You know it so well. Um, I was just doing a webinar earlier this week with Greg Murphy for his uh, product. He's working on his uh, book sourcing, uh, you know, workshop. And he asked me a question. How many patterns did you sell last year? I didn't know the number off the top of my head. And I was like, dang it. I need to know those numbers, you know. Mm -hmm. And every e-commerce seller that gets good at this, at the trade skill of it, you you know your number's cold. I knew in my mind what my prior month was, and I know my right. top-line revenue for last year, but I didn't know how many patterns I had sold to get to my top-line revenue last year. Yep. So sales obsession. 
Um, In in your business for Amazon, how do you manage sales tracking, sales information? How do you look at it? What do you think of that topic? Sure. I think it's, it's critically important. And uh, so I, I have some tools that I use that pull in because we sell on different marketplaces and different brands and different seller accounts. And so I aggregate them all in one spot. So year okay. to date, I've, we've moved 5,833 units. Uh, year there you go. So like that, yeah. I, I'm tracking that all, pretty much on a yeah. daily basis at this point yeah. now. And, and, and that's an aggregate. That's across all brands. Yeah. Um, how many units overall and I can go down and I can break it down further than that. But, but it's important too, because then once you start pulling your data together, you begin to recognize, um, you know, I'm tracking my profit margin on a, a yeah. you can't really, you, you can track it at a daily basis, but there's a delay in your data coming yep. up. So you need to get yep. yourself like a good three days, but going back to that three day mark and looking at it or a seven, yep. usually like rolling seven weeks that I look at or every seven okay. days, I will get a rolling seven days. Yeah. And, and I know when, um, I, so I know when I have to dial or, or redial in some uh, marketing or if I'm doing the big push. So sometimes yep. I'll phases, depending on time of the year, like right now for me, this is all about positioning for Prime. I, yeah. I'm preparing the brand on Amazon to be ready and be top of mind come Prime in just like about a month and a half away. So I'm, I'm. What do you mean by that? You're preparing for Prime. I don't get it. Yeah. So, so Prime is is the day that Amazon created in order. Oh, Prime to, Day. Prime oh, day. I get it. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Okay. Day. I got so it. I'm preparing for Prime Day, or not Optimus Prime, which would be cool too. <laughs> That's when he shows up. But, uh, <laughs> but we're, I'm preparing for sort of Prime Week. Um, I'm actually, okay. My my marketing actually promote the entire week for Prime. Okay. Um, because I think I can leverage it like yeah. you would of a Black Friday. You know, when is that, Friday. by the way? I don't even know. Um, I don't think they've announced the actual date yet. Oh, okay. Um, but it's usually going to be, it's usually like the second or week of, second or third week of June. Okay. Um, actually, I did see some stuff start to roll in on it, but there's yeah. not a definitive day. But I'm, okay. I'm, I'm planning for like about a week. And I know it's, it's usually like mid-June. Uh, okay. Usually so I'm, my goal right now is is top of mind brand building. Yep. Uh, putting yep. I, I'm spending more right now than I normally yep. would spend in sort of okay. advertising and like headline banners because I want to be I want to be known and be thinking about and being in the in the buying decision uh, yeah. when Prime Day comes and then when I hit people they're going to be see me on Facebook they're going to see me on yeah. uh, Amazon I'm going to be everywhere so that we're gonna we're gonna try and really crush it that week but. So I was thinking more sales obsession with prior sales, but you're actually thinking about also for future sales, which is of course awesome. Yeah. 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 Because I think the the data from prior sales, you use it that informs you drive and inform yep. your, your uh, decision-making in the future because all, all data, like, um, analytics and data is great, but it's really about finding actionable steps to yep. take with that data because data by itself isn't, isn't really helpful. Yep. It's about putting it into context and being able to take action off that. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. So this idea of having a sales obsession with your numbers, I mean, you know, for us, our business is, we've got a daily number that we know is, you know, where we want to be. We've got a, a weekly number um, and monthly numbers. And we really, really, uh, an obsession is the best term. And it's obviously you can have an unhealthy obsession or healthy obsession. And uh, if you're going to scale your e-commerce company, you're going to fixate on this. Now, what a lot of people do that I see sort of where they go off the rails 
is um, they're dabblers right. and they'll, they'll sell something online and then they'll, you know, maybe let's say it's 50 bucks a day. And a lot of people who get some initial traction will actually pivot and rather than scaling into that specific sales number and saying, okay, how can I go that from 50 to 100, 100 to 1,000, 1,000 to 4,000, they'll, they'll like pivot to some other idea entirely. Well, now I'm going to start a, uh, a rocket ship company. And, uh, you know, I always, I always think to myself, well, like how, how are you not focused on your main number, <laughs> like your main sales right. objective? And so, you know, I think a lot of people who really nail e-commerce, one of the habits that they'll just have mentally is an obsession for scaling deep into their specific product of choice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you'll meet those people and they're still working on the same thing four years later. Whereas other people, you'll meet them and four years later, it's like, oh, no, I, you know, I now I do this other thing entirely or, you know. Every right. six months, it's a different product. And so, you know, th this is the thing that you want to th think through as an e-commerce marketer is how can you develop the habit to really own that number, your sales number for your primary product and then your, your you know, related products, your integrated product suite um, and build out a full business around a set of products that you really obsess over sales numbers on. So that's the second idea. Third idea that I wanted to mention, and uh, did you see the llamas, by the way, or the alpacas? I, I saw them. They were pretty Aren't impressive. they cute? They're cute as a button, aren't they? Were you petting them saying, good alpaca? <laughs> now I'm walking over to the red rose section, or red tulip section. Um, the third thing I wanted to mention was this idea of uh, architecting or acquiring a team. And, you know, part of scaling up your e-commerce and developing the trade skill is really becoming a manager. You talk to people who sell a lot online and you, if you really ask them, like, how, you know, what are you good at? What are you bad at? One of the things they'll say they frequently struggle with is finding talent, keeping talent, knowing how to pay for talent, you know, doing, doing the, the team building, the, the architecture of the team, and then they, that finding the people putting it together in efficient economical way and uh, that's something that I think effective e-commerce sellers or rainmakers they just are good at the Rolodex yep. if that's even a phrase anymore <laughs> it's an old old fashioned phrase a that roll a Rolodex exactly no, <laughs> that Rolodex of knowing how to put together your team in such a way that it is uh, effective efficient and affordable yeah. Um, and that's really a huge challenge when you're starting out and, uh, you, you don't do that, um, quickly or easily and candidly, generally you'll do that by making mistakes Yeah. and uh, you'll end up, uh, really blowing it and realizing you the limitations of your own abilities and the limitations of your ability to attract good people. Mm -hmm. One thing I've learned is good people don't want to work for mediocre bosses. And right. uh, so even if you can find the good person, frequently they won't want to work for you if they don't think that you have something to teach them, show them, or that kind of thing. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Is that a challenge for you I, building a team? Or? For sure, for sure. Because one of yeah. the things that 
Okay, so here's what here's what typically happens when you're getting started. You're learning a brand new skill set, and that skill set is how do I become an e-commerce uh, marketer and yep. business owner, and I have to get good at like just figuring out supply chain issues. Yep. Or, you know, like yep. you're mastering this whole skill set, and and that'll take yep. you to a certain level, and you'll be yep. able to do well. But then it takes an entire different level of thinking and skill set in order to take it to the next level in order to yeah. have the growth and expansion that you really are dreaming about and the business that you really yeah. are envisioning in your mind that you're like, man, I really want to have the, lap, the laptop lifestyle and I can travel and do what I want and not have to work you know, all, every single hour in my business. And that only happens as you build a team. But that, that first starts with you building yourself, like you mentioned, and being the leader. Yeah being yep. a person who, who can really manage that and, and lead that in an effective way. So yeah, I totally, uh, that, that's kind of where I'm at even in business right now. It's like, I, I have a pretty good grasp on the skill sets of executing at an Amazon business at a pretty decent level. And now it's like, okay, now we're identifying business practices and standard operating procedures and really kind of taking the game to the next level in terms of yep. organizational management and, and team building. And yep. yeah, that's exactly right. It's, it's a different skill set. It's entirely yep. different. And, and yep. you have to expect that you will, you will be bad at something that you have never done before. If you've never done before, you may come with like a background in business and, yep. and, and team leadership and team building and you're already set and you're ready to roll with it. And that's cool. Yeah. Um, but first people that are starting out as entrepreneurs that haven't had that, yep. they, they have to learn have it. To acquire. You have yep. to learn it and you're going to make mistakes and yep. you're going to make mistakes. But one thing you said too, is that you begin to realize your limitations. Yep. And I think that's a very profound place in which to live. Because yeah. when you begin to know who you are, what your strengths, your weaknesses are, and then it comes crystal clear to you, yep. then it only motivates you to go find and acquire uh, the talent that you don't have. And Absolutely. Really stick in your lane, stick with what you enjoy doing, and it just simplifies your life. Yeah. Well, and the biggest challenge is, to, you know, on the, along that journey is the question of whether you hire into your weaknesses or you hire into your strengths. Yeah. You know, do you, you, if you like something in your business, does that mean you should keep doing it yourself or is, you know, and if you hate something, you know, does that mean you should find somebody else? It's a real tricky situation because if you're in, incompetent at something and you say to yourself, I'm going to hire somebody or find a contractor or something to help me, then uh, you don't know it yourself though. That's right. So frequently, yeah. then you don't know if they're good or bad. <laughs> right. And whatever they tell you, you just kind of accept as like gospel. But that's not necessarily true because you might hire somebody who's incompetent. Right. And how do you even know to hire a good person if you don't know what good looks like in a specific right. skill set? So it's yeah. really tricky. And you kind of have to realize you kind of have to become a jack of all trades, a master of none. Sure. And then really focus on your org chart. Yeah. And really think through, okay, what's my most effective role, highest and best use of my time? And yep. then what's the highest and best use of this person's time and that person's time? Uh, and that's a real hard thing to get through. I mean, that can really take sure. some thought and some energy. The other piece that, of course, it's really challenging is how do you hire that team, build that Rolodex with, uh, on the cheap, you know? And obviously, right. it's a gig economy. And, you know, 1099 contractors are really, you know, in a lot of ways, a godsend for entrepreneurs where you can hire somebody for five hours a week 
10 hours yeah. a week to do work. Um, and you don't have to hire a 40 hour a week, full-time regular employee to do something. And so learning how to do the gig economy, you know, work with freelancers is a whole different set too of skills as For well. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, it's super important. And I think that it kind of helps you get to the scale that, that you uh, that you need to get to and mastering that. That's one other thing that you said that was really interesting um, was uh, around the, the idea that, um, that you are – you're, you're figuring out this process um, on yep. the fly. Yep. And I, I, you said uh, being the, the master, uh, uh, the jack of all trades sort of thing. I, I think it's yeah. that, that just emphasized to me the idea of networking. Yeah. And, and you kind of touched on it before, and I, I want to circle back to it because networking, you may through networking find the, the contractor, right? But yep. two, more importantly, if you're networking with other entrepreneurs, you're going to be able to talk with them about what their business is doing and you're going to get a better sense of the baseline performance for the yep. specific task and roles. So you yep. may not know what's good, but you know what? Someone who's doing, you know, right. $2 million, $12 million, $20 million a year in their business, they yep. might know what's good. And if you're, if you're networking with them and building relationships and you say, hey, I got this particular part of my business, this person's doing this, here's kind of the metrics I have around that. You know, like yep. what, what's your, what's your experience in your business? And they'd be like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. That's really good work. They, they were crushing it. Or they might be like, you know what? That's not very good at all. Here's what my team yep. does, blah, 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 blah. And then you right. have a sense of truly what's going on without having to become yep. an expert at a yep. particular field. I totally agree. One of the roles that you need to build into your architecture and even have it on your org chart is who's your mentor, right? You know, who, who is the person that you would say, hey, these people are you know, a million dollars further ahead than I am or $10 million, you know, annually ahead uh, further than me. And they're willing to meet with me regularly, that kind of thing. And, um, and that's, you know, that, that's a, an important person to find. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm lucky to have somebody from our church who's a business guy who I meet with regularly. He's uh, been in a uh, franchise business for 28 years and uh, he regularly gives me fantastic tips, tricks, ideas. He's in a low-margin business that really requires a lot of efficiency and operational excellence. And he's, uh, you know, he could talk about it for <laughs> years. And uh, so it's fun to talk to him about it, you know. And uh, he helps tremendously. And so find your mentor. Find your coach. Find your guru. Speaking of that, of course, Inner Circle Program. Uh, we should mention is available along those lines. And I didn't mean actually to tie those together until I just mentioned it, but um, let's wrap it up. Cause my wife, I think and the, the folks are going to rendezvous for some lunch or something like that at this crazy tulip festival place. So, um, but inner circle program, why do you think people should join our inner circle program? Kyle? Yeah, well, I think you nailed it. It's access to uh, community. It's access yeah. to networking. Um, there are some, not not just Jason and I, but there are some phenomenal, phenomenal uh, e-commerce uh, entrepreneurs within our yeah. inner circle program that are just crushing it every single day in their business. And yeah. more importantly, they're willing to talk and share and give back and give, provide feedback and insights. Yeah. Um, yeah questions that are asked so i think that that's super that's super cool uh, yeah. I, it's an easy value when you look at 
I mean, Inner Circle costs $19 a month. Ridiculous. We, it, we're constantly <laughs> picking out new training. So if you're on the yeah. training kick um, you, and you like to get new training, that's you'll, you'll get yeah. new training every single month. But beyond that, the value isn't necessarily just in training because there's plenty of training free, high, high paid, high spectrum. It, goes, it runs the gamut. I yeah. think the value is that you get connected with people that actually want to become it, cared about you as the entrepreneur and invest yeah. in your business yeah. um, on, on, a, on a personal level. Right. And like they, yeah. they want you to succeed. We want you to succeed. And we just want to help you in that journey and providing the insights uh, in that process as we can. Yeah. So that's, that's really the true value of it is you get, yeah. you get to network. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, one of the funnest things that you and I do is, uh, I think, is meeting up with the new members. We do a 30 minute uh, meet and greet Zoom call just like this. And we check out people's websites with them. We kind of are like a matchmaker for trainings, tools, tips, techniques, things that we've seen that they weren't aware of. And then obviously just a second set of eyes, uh, a couple sets of eyes to look at their site and give them thoughts and ideas. And then usually people come to us or part of the Inner Circle program because they have a, a pressing issue. I mean, they know that there's something that they're not achieving that they really would like to achieve. And uh, so that's one of the reasons that people I think are, are, you know, jump in and then it it gives us an opportunity to talk to them about that specific issue. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a fantastic opportunity. I love personally, I love um, helping people interacting with them on their website. I know you do too. And so inner circle program is available. We'll put a link to it in, um, in the uh, description of the video. Obviously you can find it on winning on Shopify.com. And uh, you can hang out with us there. And uh, it's a different kind of group. Um, it's a lot of people who are not noobs, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. to be candid. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about the other day, I'm, I'm in a different group. And uh, frequently one of the posts will be, hey, everybody, here's my screenshot. I made $400, you know, and I'm Bam. so, and, and I, and while that is inspiring in a group sure. of noobs, it's right. in, a, in a group of veteran sellers who actually are sort of more seasoned e-commerce sellers. That's like saying to a convention of painters, hey, everybody, I painted a house, you yeah. know, this week. And we're like, well, great. We all did that. You know, it's like, yeah, so you made $400 today yeah. or you made yeah. over the month. Oh, OK, that's awesome. It, but it's, it speaks to the difference of the type of people who are in our group compared to a group of entrepreneurs or people who are just trying to figure it out. Not to say that we don't have people in our group who are sort of the first stages, but we also have people in the group that are multi-million dollar sales people and have veteran perspective on e-commerce. And um, so it's a different kind of group like that. And, and uh, some people who come in say they feel intimidated. Um, But we, one of the things we always try to say is look, man, everybody's been where you're at. Um, and so don't be intimidated, ask for help. Everybody in the group's super willing to lend an opinion or a thought, feedback, that kind of thing. Um, and so that's kind of the value of mm-hmm. inner circle. So if that speaks to you, you're watching this and you like the idea and you want to learn more about Kyle and I's business, how we have the opportunity to do, do crazy shenanigans, like go hang out at the tulip farms. Uh, or in world. my office because oh. it's crazy. <laughs> Kyle's also having a lot of fun today. I know he is. <laughs> oh, I, I am having fun. 
I'm not, <laughs> not as much fun as hanging out with baby alpacas, <laughs> but fun. Oh, man. Yeah, no, no doubt. So hit us up in the inner circle if you'd like to uh, participate in that. And um, I think I'm going to, I'm almost close to the baby alpacas again. I might try to show them to you again before I sign off. But That'll be any great. other Maybe that will help with the Facebook. People will see the alpacas and they'll like it and share it. And we'll oh, get the if you like out baby alpacas, like, like, okay. comment, and share this video if you like baby alpacas. Exactly. If you hate or tulips. baby alpacas and tulips, <laughs> then just don't bother us because how could you hate them? They're so adorable. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's funny. Uh, can I even flip my camera around? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, can you see them now? Uh, I Yeah, I see them. See the little cute guys? They're all laying down because they're tired. There they are. Yeah, crazy, huh? Aren't they adorable? Don't you want an alpaca? I want a baby alpaca. That's oh, why look. I started my e-commerce business. So that, so that I, you could have a farm. I could have a farm of baby alpacas. So we call that inspiration, folks. That's what you aspire to is be the baby alpaca farmer. <laughs> or better yet, what is your baby alpaca in life? Like, you know, I'm bringing it up. I know. What's your baby alpaca? Oh, let's talk, let, let's talk uh, in pure, like, metaphors, like, do you want a lifestyle business or do you want to own a factory full of employees that you have to manage? I guess is one of the questions, you know? Right. So if you haven't checked out the big, like, you know, your dream and having your, you know, your goals and dreams, go back, watch the prior videos. I think this is our seventh video. So we've got six others that talk about the other habits of e-commerce right. um, rainmakers. So anyway, all right, we're done with the alpacas. We're done with the tulips. We're, Let's we're wrap done, it up. Definitely like, share, <laughs> If you have questions, please uh, you can comment right on this video, and uh, please reach out to us at Winnie um, on Shopify.com, and yep. you can find all about our Inner Circle program there. We're ha happy to have you in there. Look at it as a networking opportunity, probably one of the least expensive networking opportunities you'll ever come across, because most of them will cost you a lot more than that, so we're going to yep. just provide you value uh, in access to uh, people that are making it happen. That's no doubt. Yep, absolutely. All right, bro. All right. Thanks for letting me hang out with you from the tulips. Yeah, well, thanks for giving us All a right. tour of the tulip. Uh, there farm. you go. If you've All never right. seen it before and you come to Seattle area, come check out the tulips. Come so. check out the tulips and the baby right. alpaca. We'll probably be grown by <laughs> but hey, still worth seeing. All Fun right, times. Yep. Later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the e-commerce leader. Hey, don't forget to subscribe because when you do, you'll get notified. And next time you log into your podcast player, you'll see our latest episode nestling at the top of your lists. Thanks again for listening.